You can be on the radio. Do you know where the remote is? I looked all over the house. Slow down, Tito. What's up, guys? We're here live, Transparency with Robert Smith. I'm here with another episode, and I'm so excited to talk about you guys today. Uh, talk to you guys today. I have a really good friend of mine's on today, and um, oh man, it's gonna be pretty epic. Um, I just, um, I'm so like, this is the first time like I ever been really actually nervous for a podcast because um, the friend I'm bringing on is like I known him for a while. And he knows me kind of like inside out. Okay, that was weird, but like <laughs> through thinking then, and I'm really excited for him to like kind of express and talk about a variety of things we're gonna touch touch on today. So uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and jump into it. Mark Marco Wape, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Thank you guys for uh, having me here. <laughs> I'm actually too uh, a little nervous just because just looking at you makes me nervous. <laughs> really? I, I, I have that pressure. And of course, guys, we are here with my producer, Nate, uh, Nathan Torres. Nate, can you speak to the mic? Hola. <laughs> he does this background work, so I always want to make sure we include him because all this wouldn't be without him. So, um, yeah. Thank, thank you. you, Nate. And uh, Marco, again, our subject today is called Desiring God or, or actually Finding God. And I specifically wanted to like single you out because I know that you're a pastor, but beyond that, we are actually friends and, and, and I'm really just excited to like hear a great perspective of someone like you to talk about God. And I, it's good to kind of get you away from church so I can just hear, how is this going to go? You know, like, are we, <laughs> I want to hear those good, that's good stuff. So, uh, are you just be prepared to sit back and, uh, see what's going to happen. I, I hope you're prepared to uh, hear the good stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's really good. Well, let's just dive right into this. If, Finding God. How did you find God? When did you find God? Well, it's, uh, you know, I was thinking about that question uh, that you brought up. As a matter of fact, you told me that yesterday. But uh, when you talk about finding God, it's more of um, and I know why we asked that question or what we, we we projected to, you know, to ask, you know, finding God. But it's more like he found me in a way. Uh, but it was 19. I know this is I'm going to give my age already, uh, but it was. <laughs> It was 1999 where uh, I was just finished graduating high school, and I mean, my life was already heading in the wrong direction. And it was in 1999 where um, I guess you can say that all the prayers that my mom made and everything that she had just believed in God for mm -hmm. uh, became a miracle for her, or she was asking God for a miracle. I was what you would call the black sheep of the family in a way, because mm -hmm. I really didn't believe in God. Mm -hmm. I grew up in this Hispanic culture where you have to respect God. And, uh, well, you will go to church once a week or uh, maybe when there was a wedding, a quinceanera or a funeral, some type of party. Mm -hmm. But we grew up respecting the idea of God. But I just never myself believed that there was a God. Now, when you say yourself, do you um, I'm assuming this comes from a lot of like passed down like etiquette from your mom. Is there a father in the picture? No, actually, I don't have a lot of memories from my, from my dad. So. My uh, my dad died when I was about maybe about seven years old, six okay. or seven. So then uh, my mom, we come from a big family, is uh, eight of us. And uh, after my dad died, my mom never remarried. And so she was in a way stuck with raising eight kids. Jesus. And so 
Uh, and wait, was, I just sorry, I just so. But you're not from here though. This you were raised in Mexico, no, right? No, yeah, yeah. I was I was born in Mexico. Uh, shout out to Michoacan. <laughs> yeah, but no, nah, I was uh, born in Mexico. Uh, most people won't even know that I was just because I was. Uh, I came here when I was ten years old, so uh, I was brought up with the culture and uh, everything else that came with it. So when people uh, ask me like, hey, where are you from? Uh, they expect me to say from here. I was born here, but no, I was born in Mexico. And so uh -huh. people are like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, sometimes I, I ask them that like, hey, if, if I say I'm from Mexico, are you going to judge me or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, we were born. I was born from Mexico, uh, from Mexico. And so, um, yeah, I don't have a lot of memories from my dad, though. Okay. But my mom did everything she could to raise us in an environment that, uh, you know, that we should believe in God. Mm-hmm. But I was more angry at the idea of God because my dad had passed away at a young age and I didn't have a dad. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have any memories of God. So I grew up being angry. Uh, and that's kind of where my story kind of took off. Okay. Everything I did was I, I didn't know I had that, that much anger in my life. And it, uh, it showed with how I dealt with people, dealt with situations, talked to people. And so that kind of led me away to... Not necessarily be an atheist, but just not wanting to believe that there was a God. Was your mom someone who was very stern? Like, um, okay, so I have a godmother, and there's like, so there's God, there's Jesus, and then there's her. So, I mean, obviously in that order. So, right. would you say that your mom is on that pedestal as far as like a hard believer or just someone that wants her children to know who God is? Now she's a hard believer, but before it, uh, no, she just... She was a hardworking mom. Uh, obviously, you had to respect her because uh, you couldn't mess around with her. She mm -hmm. uh, would whoop you. And um, <laughs> uh, she uh, uh, she believed that we needed to go to church on Sunday. Okay. She had to pay her respects. We had to go to church on Sunday. And we lived in a, in a, in a city where you can hear the bell ring. I mean, the bell, uh -huh. in a way, sounding. And you can hear it. And that tells you that you had to go to church. And so everybody was getting ready. And we would go and show up. But... She wasn't very religious. She just wanted us to grow up in an environment where we can believe in something higher than ourselves. What was that age? You're just like, I'm done with this. This has been fun. Mom, wow. I'm making my own choices. I'm out of here. I think it was uh, uh, as soon as we I ended up coming here to uh, United States, it was 10, 10 years old. Uh, my mom kind of lost that culture. So mm -hmm. we never ended up going to church ever again. So we kind of did our own thing so mm -hmm. we weren't brought up with that and uh so we had to learn a whole new culture uh language here the style of living and everything mm -hmm. else and so we didn't really have time to go to church mm -hmm. and um it wasn't until my brother started going to a church but we were kind of forced to go into it because well, well we didn't have a choice we were young and so we had to go whatever our, my mom or my brother my older brothers told us to go to so i know i know your brother i know your sisters um some of them but now, you're saying um, one of your brothers, like, kind of was, like, the reason you started to go to church? Yeah, my older brother, he uh, actually, he started going to church himself first. And so he started inviting us. He started taking us to church, but I really didn't get the idea of going to church or even believing in God. So I just went there, sat there, listened to whatever. Uh, I, I honestly can't tell you, I don't remember nothing <laughs> that anyone else said. But I remember the fact that he would take us. Uh -huh. And so I moved, I moved around a lot. Yeah. So once we... I uh, came here to this country. We ended up going from different place to different place. And so my brother was one of the people that uh, we were living in uh, El Monte, 
Mm-hmm. And so he would take us to church and then we moved back to Ontario. Okay. And uh, we got disconnected. We stopped going. Uh-huh. And I was maybe about 12 to 13 years old. I lived in Ontario, Chino, uh, Rialto, Colton. I mean, uh, back in Rancho Cucamonga. So it was different cities, different schools that we went to. And so it was my older brother that kind of led us to uh-huh. that. But then we got disconnected. And so we again, once again, we stopped going to church. Yeah, I can totally relate. I remember like growing up, like I was always in church first row. Uh, My mom, my godmother being like an evangelist, um, you know, before she we came into her life, she just finished her missionary trips around the world. And oh, my God, it was kind of like consuming. Like we I remember because, you know, I'm like the biggest Simpson fan. So we weren't (laughs) we weren't allowed to watch Simpson when she comes in. So we're her keys. We have she has a signature key turn. So you hear that jitter, bro. You run to that TV or remote, change that mother. And then right when they come on, she's like, hi, hi, how are you doing? Act like nothing. And then I remember just being like always going to church. But when it came of age where I can like make my own choices, I just stopped. And I was just like, finally, I felt like so like happy to kind of like stop going and i just like because i thought it was boring i think that church was all overall boring like we had to sit there all day it was hot like dress up like i just didn't get the whole point of it and when i try to pay attention i'm looking at this book that doesn't make any sense like literally when you're reading this the bible um the basic instructions before leaving earth like it says things that doesn't make sense because you're reading something and it goes out of context. So at that, at that age in my life, I was just like, this is, this doesn't make any sense. What is the point of like pursuing something like this? So that was kind of like my previous years. And I, I personally found God at, I always like raised with God, but I left, but I found him again at 23. And, uh, I, I, I personally rededicated my life in a parking lot of like a Jack in the Box car juice in Long Beach. And I remember my friend invited me from Mount Sac. Sorry, I don't mean it. I just, I just want to share this. I had, um, no, it's good. I, <laughs> I actually, I wanted to hear that because I didn't know that you re- rededicated your oh, life. Oh yeah, uh, I rededicated. Long Beach at a Jack in the Box. I, That's yeah, actually cool. it was very weird. So, so I met this girl, her name is Brittany Curtin and I met her at Mount Sac. Shout out to Mount Sac. I met Nate there. Love you for that. Um, we met at Mount Sac in class. I remember I was cursing up a storm. I was like, F you, shit, cursing up a storm. And I she was like, um, can you try not to curse? Bro, the the oh my god, the way she said it was very polite, but it resonated on my soul so much that I went back. It was I went to school on a Wednesday. I went all the way back on a Monday and I went up to her and I apologized to her. It's like, you know, I'm sorry, because I felt like I look it was like a mirror facing me and I found I lost I, I was looking at myself and I didn't know who that person was right isn't that so weird oh I'm getting really it, deep yes, I did not I, find I, this at all I, I'm loving it <laughs> so I had I had looked in this mirror and I was like I don't like who I who that was so um I I remember I remember just just apologizing very vulnerable to her and she's like oh I don't know what you're talking she didn't know what I was talking about but she said how about we go take a walk and she's like, started talking about church. And I kind of was like, okay, cool. She's like, well, can I invite you? And I was like, no. Uh, no, I was like, oh, I'm okay. She's like, no, how about you just come? I think it'd be fun. I'll take you. You know, you don't even have to drive, you know, because we're in Walnut. It's Long Beach. And she took me and we were in church and I was just like bored. And it was like a Bible study, black community. Um, and I remember just not liking this. I was like there. She texted me. She's like, let's just leave. And I was like, okay, literally, like kind of before it started, it was like we were like 30, 40 minutes in 
And then we left and she's like, she's like, um, I feel like God has a calling on your life. And I was like, yeah, but I don't like that doesn't make sense because I don't I'm not someone who should believe in God. Like I don't I'm far from him. Like I I'm I you know, that's that. And then I remember feeling like this conviction of just saying like it's time. And I always knew I had this thought in the back of my head of believing in God, but I didn't want to because I knew it takes work to to follow God. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to do that. That's but good. in that moment I had began to follow like believe in God and she right there in the parking lot I gave my life to Christ and we read a scripture and I remember she was like from this moment on like you have rededicated your life and it was kind of like a like transformation on the spot and I've never been the same since that's actually uh <laughs> something that God does it's <laughs> crazy right and so that's fast good. forward in your life I mean obviously we know that you're a pastor we know that it's religion but I, what I want to know is if you're, if I know that your brother, how do you personally feel about your brother being in the church and where you guys are at right now? And is this the same brother that? No, no, no. Actually, well, my older brother, that one, that the one that um, uh, took us to church, um, he actually still going to church. He okay. is one of the leaders at his church. Uh, my younger brother is the one that goes with me, but the rest of the, uh, my family are still not going. They're still believing God, but they're not going. Uh, but it's just, uh, you know, uh, he's still, he's still, uh, uh, after God, he's still doing, uh, his thing there. Okay. But, um, you know, something that you mentioned, uh, earlier about finding God and, and when was that turnaround point for me after, uh, maybe when we moved uh, back here to Ontario, it was many years after I was maybe around, uh, we got disconnected from ever going to a church or mm -hmm. any, anything like that from 13, uh, maybe I was about 12, 13, 14, 15. And, um, so we disconnected. My mom was looking for a church, though, because she still had that in her. She still had this belief. She wanted to believe in something. And so my mom knew that there was a God. Uh, she had seen God uh, uh, do some miracles for her life, but she couldn't find uh, the right place or let's just say the place that she felt comfortable in a way. And then one day she uh, met one of my cousins. Uh, she had ran into my cousin at a park. My cousin invited her to a church, and she wanted to invite us, but there was a disconnection for myself for almost three to four years. And I tell you the story just because um, I really felt like this was a turnaround. And we were talking about church and going to church, but I think that there's a bigger picture of, you know, finding God that a lot of people kind of, even myself, we get disconnected from it, that we give too much credit of going to a place mm -hmm. rather than connecting or finding out that there is a real God. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, uh, we were growing up in the hood, you might say, you know what I mean? We moved into Ontario and uh, we, back in the days, it was, we, we moved into an area where there was a lot of gangs, a lot of uh, people uh, fighting over turf and streets. Mm -hmm. So you, if you were in a block, you didn't like the other block uh, after you or the next following block. And mm -hmm. so we were constantly fighting against other ones. I actually moved in when there was a big old rumble from two blocks. Moms, dads, brothers, sisters, Moms. everybody showing up to fight. What part, what part so, of Ontario, if you don't mind me asking? This was in uh, close to Ontario High School. Uh -huh. So uh, there was a street called Ralston, Ralston, Carlton, um, and so different streets that they, we, they just didn't get along, I guess. Uh -huh. And so uh, keep in mind that this was like in 1998, 1999, where all these uh, uh, fights were going on, blacks against Mexicans. I grew uh, up I grew up in Ontario. Okay, what part? Um, do you remember mission okay right. uh around there there's like a inn next to a strawberry field 
Oh okay. yes, there, there. By the way, there's an awesome burger joint there called Choice Burgers. Choice Burgers. Yes. That's I, well, the when best. I when I was growing up there, it was um, a donut shop where I would wake up every morning, and my mom would take me right there. There's still a donut shop right yep. there next to a um. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Yeah, across yep. the street from Jack in the Box. I grew up. I grew up there. I came to West Covina around 2000. Well, my seventh grade year, I okay. finished in Ontario, and then I went eighth grade year to West Covina. Ah, so you're kind of familiar with that area yep. around there. Yep. And see, we. So we, we were growing there. We were, I was growing up in that, in, that, in that place. And so keep in mind that my mom started going to church with my cousin. And um, I, was, I was a straight A, a student uh, in high school because I wanted to be the first one to graduate. My, my encounter with God didn't happen until I got out of high school. But it, it took a series of events where it led me to really uh, ask the question, is there really a, a God? Does God really exist? And um, I didn't want just to believe just based off of somebody telling me that there is a God or here, come on, mijo, you know, my mom would mm -hmm. take me to church. I wanted to believe for myself. And I know that, that most people that want to believe in something, they want experiences, they want evidence, they want something. They just don't want to show up to a place. Mm -hmm. And so for me, we got disconnected and, 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 and just uh, uh, it's funny how God works because it was a bunch of us uh, teenagers uh, riding bikes everywhere in the in the neighborhood, and I remember one time we went into this this uh, uh, this this apartments, some uh, uh, closed apartments. Uh, you have to have a key to get in. Uh, we all jumped the fence, threw our bikes over, and we saw that there was a pool there. Keep in mind that I was already maybe about 16 years old, already like maybe four years away from even stepping into a church. We got away from all that stuff. I wasn't really committed to anything. It was just me, myself, my feelings, my emotions, whatever I need to do. My anger. My anger was building up as I kept growing older. And the anger was because I kept blaming God for taking my dad at a young age. I mean, I kept seeing everybody else around me having dads, moms, and you know what I mean? And uh, having somebody pat you on the back and say, I love you. And I missed that. I didn't grow up with that. And so that really marked me and, and, and impacted me in such a way that I didn't know that the way I was handling life was because I had this big emptiness in my heart from a father figure that I always looked for. And so I was always trying to look for this. I felt empty inside. That's, I think my journey for God and to God was because I kept feeling empty in my heart. Everything I did, it always led me back to feeling empty. Everything from going to, to parties, to, to doing drugs, uh, uh, smoking weed, alcohol, all kinds of stuff. It was, I know I'm kind of jumping from one thing to another, but I felt very empty in my heart. And so that's what led me to God. And so I remember one time we jumped the fence to this apartment and then we saw a pool there and it was like 15 kids, uh, all ranging from 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 and we saw a pool there, and we jumped the fence to get into this pool, and this lady comes out, and we thought we were going to get in trouble, and so she comes out, and she's like, yo, what are you guys doing? And we, we all got ready to run, and she was the nicest lady ever. Keep in mind, it was three, year, four years almost that I've never stepped into church, and this lady was like so nice to us. We're like, we were ready to hurry up and go. Everybody's grabbing their clothes, and we were all uh, uh, wet and trying to get in our bikes, and she's like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. We're like, well, what's going on? Look, you guys don't need to jump the fence. This is where I live right here. You guys can come and get me. I'll open the door for you guys. I'll let you guys in. Don't mind. Just, just come in. I don't want you guys to get in trouble. And then from that moment on, we started asking her. We call, I call her my aunt, uh, Patty, because she really became like my aunt. She was there at my graduation. She was there supporting me everything, uh, with everything. And little did we know that she was a Christian. And we didn't know this. And so she was letting us in. And then eventually she was like, hey, yo, I want to take you guys to church. 
And so we're like, oh, 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 this is why you were doing this. Oh, okay, I get you. Mm -hmm. But none of us said anything because, again, you grew up with respecting the idea of God. Mm -hmm. And we never thought like, you know, well, if somebody tells us something about God, we're not going to turn around and, 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 and walk away from it. We'll listen, even if we don't want to listen, but we'll stay there and listen just out of respect. So we ended up going with her and, um, that's how I started getting connected. And it was a little of a different church. Shout out to victory outreach. Uh, it was different for me because there was a lot of gangsters in this church and it was cool to see this, but that's when I started getting connected into uh, church all over again. But that's when my emotions started getting the best of me. I started getting angry, angry and angry every single time I would go to church and I didn't know why. Mm. So that's kind of when it started. So I was maybe around 16 or 17 years, 17 years old when, um, I decided to tell my aunt, uh, you know what? I'm not going to church ever again. I'm sorry. So can you stop picking me up or calling me or trying to connect with me? And she was very cool about it, and she left me alone, and she didn't show up. But she did tell me that I had a calling from God and that she will be praying for me. So I graduated at 17 years old and uh, finally graduated. She was there, too, as well, even though I kind of didn't treat her the right way. And uh, after 17, after I graduated, I think it was like when all hell broke loose, and that's when I started just, like, living my life out. I graduated, and then... Uh, one thing led to another, bad came to worse, and uh, I ended up in a place in my life where I did not want to be in. Mm -hmm. I would go to work, come back home, lay down in my bed, look up in the ceiling and think to myself, is this life, is this all life is all about? Just going to sleep, waking up, doing it all over again, partying, drugs. I mean, we ended up going to parties after parties after parties, uh, doing some drugs. I mean, we didn't get so much deep into the drugs uh, scene, but it was house parties back mm. then. It was mostly house parties that you would go to. Mm. And so, um, that's where kind of like it was leading me closer to having an encounter with God. So, um, uh, after that, um, we, um, uh, I remember my mom started going to church and, uh, we were outside in my neighbor's yard and it was 15 of us outside in my neighbor's yard. And we all, we all started, uh, we would all drink and we would all like, um, you know, uh, get high there. And some people were just like uh, smoking, uh, smoking whatever they wanted there, uh, doing uh, drugs or whatever. And so my, I remember my mom would come out and ask me if we wanted to go to church. And I kept telling her no. I remember my aunt came one day and she drove by the neighborhood and she saw me in the streets and she looked at me and I was high. I was super high. I was drunk. And she looked at me. I didn't want to see her because I was embarrassed. But then she just looked at me and she's like, you know what, Marco, um, I know that God's going to do something in your life. And then she just left and I didn't get to see her again. And um, my mom kept going to church. And we used to make fun of my mom for going to church a lot. We used to, like, make fun of her every time she would get up to go to church. She would carry her Bible on the side of her, uh, her by her purse. And every time we'll see her get out, we will make fun of her. And we'll tell her, oh, there she goes, you know, she's about to go pray to this fake God and uh, may believe God and this and that. And she would feel sad and hurt. And she would constantly keep inviting me to go to church. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we kept saying to ourselves, we don't want to go. We don't want to go. It was me, my little brother and a couple of my friends. But eventually, uh, three years after my mom kept asking me or two years after my mom kept asking me to come to church. And what age is this? This was now was about uh, close to 19. Okay. And so my mom kept inviting me to church and she kept inviting me to church and I kept saying no until one day I decided to go to church. I was like, okay, fine, mom. Stop asking me to go to church. 
I'll go with you. Now, leave me alone. After I go, don't mention God. Don't talk to me about him. I don't want to know anything about him. I don't want to deal. I don't want to go to this. Just, just, I'm going to go one time with you, and that's it. I decided to go on a Friday night, and for the first time, I didn't go to a church high or drunk. I decided to sit in the, in the way back. Uh, back then, I, was, um, I didn't have no hair. I was bald. Uh, had baggy pants and because that was the era of the cholo era and so uh, literally I was wearing some 42 by 30 pants I like three people can fit in, in my pants and so it was just uh, so I sat in the very back and I remember that these people were singing songs and I was laughing because it was like what are these people praying to what are these people singing songs to and it was in that moment where I, I had an experience that uh, up to this moment right now in my life, I still remember. I remember sitting down in the, in the back of the church and I was looking at a lady worshiping God. Uh, well, I didn't know that that's what you call it now. But I mean, she was lifting up her hands and she was she, they were all singing. And I remember sitting in my in, in that in that in that bench looking at these people. But then all of a sudden, uh, again, I wasn't high. I wasn't on any type of, type of drug. I saw like a light that shine upon her. And then I got to see how peaceful she looked. Now, was this like natural light or was this? I like... <laughs> don't know. It was kind of dim there, but it was like this light. I mean, I know sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, I saw the light and this uh -huh. and that. But I literally saw a light. I wasn't <laughs> dying, but I saw a light. And then this particular light was shining on her, but I saw something different in her. I saw that there was a peace in her heart. Okay. And I felt like that's what I needed, that I was looking for peace in uh, women, I was looking for peace in uh, drugs, I was looking for peace in, 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 in alcohol and in, uh, parties and everything else. And mm -hmm. so uh, I remember that that moment, I asked this question, I, don't, I never forget asking this. I looked up to the sky because I felt like God was in the sky. And uh, I asked, I made this prayer for the first time in my life. If you are real, God, show me. And two weeks later, a series of events happened where I had an encounter that changed my life. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just an accident or it wasn't just the problems that were happening. Something happened in my heart that I knew that it was something higher than myself, something higher than this, this world or something. Something happened in me that it's really hard to explain, but it was an experience of a lifetime. My mom was trying to change me. She couldn't. Uh, other people were trying to change me, but something happened. I got to see, a, uh, like, there was this, like, this ecstasy almost in a way, like this vision that I had of a man standing in a cross, dying in the cross for me. Okay. And that literally, I, like, I, I literally felt like this person was talking to me, looking at me and saying, I love you. I love you. And then all of a sudden, I felt like there was this hug around me of a father. Okay. It was that moment where I got to see that, you know what, maybe God is real. And it was from that moment on that I decided to embark myself in this journey of trying to find out if God is real or not. And it led me to believe that, you know what, uh, all the evidence is out there. Uh, people just need to go out there and look for it. It made me really believe that there is a God. There is a man named Jesus who loved me and died for me. And that's how I encountered God for myself at 19 years old. 19 years old. And in, 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 a, in my little room in my house, and uh, I encountered, I had a vision of a man in that cross telling me that he loved me. Uh -huh. And from that day on, uh, from 19 years old all the way to right now, 
at the age of 38, I've been giving my life to Dang. the Lord, living for God. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> it's just an amazing feeling. Uh -huh. And I know that there's a God that's real because I got to experience him for myself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a building. It wasn't a church. Yeah. It wasn't my mom. It wasn't the pastor. It was, I had an experience that literally rocked my entire life. That's awesome. So, so yeah. 19 years old. 19 years old. I was ready to, I wasn't even 21. I was waiting for, to have, be 21 to to, and, and, and go out and, <laughs> to do the and big party. Stuff. And, yeah. So. Oh man, that's awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, you guys stay tuned, keep it locked and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, you're listening to Space Kaiju Podcast Network. Love what you're listening to and would like to support the network? You can head over to SpaceKaijuProductions.com. Click the support tab and check out our current Amazon promotions, such as a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime. Prime Day starts July 15th. Be sure to click through us and enjoy the two-day parade of epic deals. And it's only for Prime members. So don't forget, sign up through the network. All right, guys, we are back. I'm still here with Marco Wape. And, Hello, everyone. Um, we are on the subject on Desiring God. Guys, again, this is uh, Transparency Robert Smith. We have everyday conversations with everyday people from all different walks of life, religions, background, different cultures, and unfortunately, some millennials. So we're here with <laughs> Marco. I don't know if you passed the millennial stage. I mean, are you like uh, on the ledge, barely there? <laughs> I, I'm hanging on. Okay, I'm, you're I'm hanging, hanging on. on. <laughs> okay, that's good. So now that we got like a really good perspective, first and foremost, thank you so much for sharing that. I think I know, like, of course, you share this all the time, but you know, this is really going to hit a broader audience that's going to be able to hear this for the first time. So it's always good to hear these things like over again. So I'm really excited and I'm really appreciative of you to do that. So, first of all, thank you so much for that. No, thank you, uh, <laughs> you guys, uh, for having me here. So just, uh, it's just it's a blessing to yeah. uh, you know <laughs> be able to uh, sit in front of you guys and uh, see the world change. Yeah, it's really good. So kind of like fast forward to where you're at. Now you serve. You have a church, the Secret Place in Ranch Cucamonga, which I actually attend to, which is really good. So you do a lot. Um, I'm just gonna be actually just a general like some things. Now um, you have a wife. You have two sons actually, but one of your sons is not from you, right? It's, right. No. So he's from someone prior to the relationship with your wife. Yes. And so how would you define your relationship with your family? Um, very, uh, I guess it's, uh, we're very united. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we're not, we're not perfect. And, and I kind of wanted to touch on that because in a way, uh, sometimes when people hear that I'm a pastor, they expect that my life is perfect. Yeah. And they don't think that we have flaws or we yeah. go through things in yeah. life. And so there's times where I won't even tell people that I'm a pastor because I don't really? want them to change their uh, expression towards me. Okay, you got it. First of all, you have to tell me that, <laughs> you know, like people get this preconceived notions of you, right? Yes. Before you, like, well, like after you tell them, right, they kind of like just kind of like stand up straight. Like, yeah, <laughs> I had that so many times happen to me in the gym, uh, at work and uh, in different parts at the park playing. And people ask me, yeah, so what do you do? Uh, you know, uh, they just start asking me questions and the moment I say, well, you know what, I'm a pastor and this and that, uh, you see their face, <laughs> their face just change. They no longer want to curse. They want to be upright. They want to be okay. Like I, I sometimes don't say it cause I want the real you when mm -hmm. I'm talking to you. Yeah. I don't want people cause obviously there's some people that don't respect religion at all or even mm -hmm. Christianity or nothing. Yeah. So I totally understand. I came from that background, but um, I sometimes don't want to say that just because I don't want people to be like, Oh my gosh, now I gotta be so perfect in front of them. And they forget that I'm not perfect. Okay. And so when I say that is that uh, my my relationship with my family is is amazing. Um, obviously, I still have a lot to learn. Uh, my relationship with my older son uh, right now he's 20 years old, and uh, uh, his name is Calvin, and uh, my younger one his name is Elijah. He's 12 years old, 
and so it's different uh, with both but uh, with uh, my older one uh, I spent a lot of time with him in so uh, sports soccer mm -hmm. and uh, I'm very committed to my, my family like okay. uh, I come from a family I, I mean my mom showed us this yeah that no matter what happens in life family comes first yeah and so you know you're gonna ride a die for that so uh, it's 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 that's what you're gonna do and so we're very tight we're very close we're still learning I'm still uh -huh. learning how to be a parent okay um, and um, you know my son is uh, uh, um, he's, he's doing his thing and uh, my younger one he kind of reminds me well he reminds me of me in the sense that when he, I was growing up I was very quiet into myself mm -hmm. and he's like that okay and so uh, my relationship with my wife I mean God has bless me with a beautiful wife and i thank her i thank god so much for her she's done so much for me uh and so she is really cool she's amazing she she um she she really she really uh, supports me in everything i do okay and but she's also not that type of person that um pats me on the back uh -huh. She lets me know when I'm wrong. Like a wife. She, she checks I, you when yes. you need to be checked. Like yeah. that. well, that's really good. It sounds like, uh, I mean, like every family's not perfect, so that's really good. We got a little summary of that. Now, now that you, like, have your identity, what I would like to ask, like, how do you, for certain things, like, were you not telling people who you are and they kind of like confining you? Do you kind of like open up like, you know, well, as a pastor of like secret place <laughs> and ranch Cucamonga, or do you kind of just let people vent especially? And I say that to say, because usually don't pastors have people drawn to them like more often than others at times. Yeah. When people hear that you're a pastor, the, um, the, the, the intention is, or they're, uh, they open up a little bit more. So okay. it's more like, okay, well maybe, um, he can help me out with whatever I'm going through. And uh -huh. so, and that really happens. It's, it's true. It's, uh, when people hear that you are running a church or you're a pastor, they connect you as a counselor. Okay. Uh, even though we're, we're kind of in that area too as well. Um, but most people will open up to you and start talking to you and they need help. Okay. And so that's where I'm at in life. You know, we, we, we help out a lot of people. And that's so, good. Uh, you know, we love so people. <laughs> do you, so, okay. So let, let me ask you this. So can you drink? Do you drink? Do I drink? I like wine. You like to wine. So do you have like this, like, like, do you, okay. So I guess I want to ask, like, do people know that you drink as a pastor? Yeah, they do. And there are, do you feel like you ever get pressed for that? No. No? Okay. No. Cause and, and, and the thing about this, because when, when you stay drinking and uh -huh. I've dealt with a lot of religious people uh -huh. and a lot of people that judge a book by its cover mm -hmm. all the time. Like if you say drinking, most people won't even hear nothing else except, oh, he drinks. Mm -hmm. And then they assume that I'm a drunker, that I do this every day, that that's my cope mechanism, mm -hmm. that I use it so that I can rest, yeah. that I don't have no hope in my life. And so I resort, resort to drinking and drinking and drinking. Now, I'll have something here and there if I'm celebrating, if I do something with my wife. Uh -huh. I'm not... Uh, it's not something that I'm going to let it master me, uh -huh. but I'm not afraid of it mm -hmm. because uh, not only in the Bible, and I know a lot of people uh, don't like to be to, to quote Jesus in that picture, but um, uh, he himself, we know that he turned water into wine, but uh, he also was a person who would drink some wine. Okay. And so, but he wasn't a drunkard, <laughs> you know, and he wasn't about that life. Uh -huh. but, so it's a little different between... Uh, you know, 
drinking and making it a habit every single day uh-huh. versus, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and celebrate and it's okay because it's not something that controls me. Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Good. So, yeah. Uh, and it's very important because even by me saying this, I can already hear a lot of people's minds and uh, later on in the future, oh my gosh, see, there goes another pastor that likes to drink and this and that. I think a lot of people have so much misconceptions and so many but you know in defense of that marco me knowing you for a while i what i like about you is your vulnerability and to just be very transparent wherever you go um and that saying mika not in as a defense mechanism to what you're actually saying but in actuality it just shows that you don't have to be on this perfect pedestal of always like striving for 100 exactly. at all times yes. you know and uh, you know me and you have something very similar in common we are very emotional people like yeah i mean I'm not gonna say he's more though. Well, you 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 laugh louder than me though. I laugh loud, but we're very passionate though. Like just with our emotions, and I I definitely I, I it's one thing I I feel like I want one of the most things I talk about you to others is that you're just very vulnerable. You're just very transparent. You're just who you are always, you know. Yeah. And you know I know that because I I've been and other like settings of church where people are just on this perfect. You would never see yeah. them like cough or like just certain, you know, like just certain things, right. yes. you know, it's okay to have fun or it's okay just to be who you are all day. So that's one thing I always appreciate. About I, you are. One of the things that I, that I, that I like to do in, in uh, with the people that surround me or that I surround myself with or family that I, we're bringing is that I want to be open to everyone. I don't have nothing else to hide. That's and good. so my life is, like you said, it's transparent. Yeah. Uh, and so when people see me, I'm not trying to hide myself behind a pulpit. Yeah. I don't hide myself uh, behind some perfection uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Is There's some things that God is still dealing with me. But I like to be open. When people ask me certain questions, you know, I don't have nothing else to hide. So I say it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Now, moving on, as far as, like, things that you deal with with working with people, has there certain is there certain like things that just just kind of like push you too much where you feel like this is just too much as far as like working with others to help them with um what do you mean um okay so let me ask you a question i'm gonna ask you a real question right okay, now ask, so please ask me a real question okay so what <laughs> is your opinion on masturbating like i obviously it's not good but as men like it's so much more common and it's very unspoken and i know this is very taboo to say like to a pastor but how 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 does that come up like have you really worked with someone to like really like deal them be with them to stop that like i really want to hear a perspective on that well just so you know this whole masturbation uh topic is um it, it it's 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 a division between a lot of churches okay and uh, you'll be surprised. There's a lot of churches out there that believe that it's okay and others that don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of uh, topics that uh, the Christian world and the religious world are so divided in, mm-hmm. from the drinking to the sex to the masturbation. Yeah. And the way I talk to somebody about that is, first of all, we try to look at it in the light of the word. Mm-hmm. And we try to find the reason why you're doing certain things. So it's not so much about, uh, you know, is it wrong or not or this and that. You're going to hell because... For most people is they just want to tell you to stop doing something that they don't want you to do. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Don't do it. That's it. End of story. But there's always a reason behind everything. Mm -hmm. Because like anything, and I was listening to one of you guys, I think it was the first or second podcast, that uh, anything can become a habit Mm -hmm. uh, if you continue to use it and use it. A drug, alcohol, anything else. Mm -hmm. Masturbation is also uh, a habit that Mm -hmm. you do. And sometimes that is triggered by something else that's mm-hmm. within a person's heart. Yeah. And so you really want to find the reason why you're doing what you do. 
Because eventually you're going to get married and you might get married with somebody who doesn't even like that. Or that might just take so much time away from you. Or you're using this as a cope mechanism because you're not dealing with your emotions. So it's not so much of whether or not what is it right, right or wrong. It's more of like, okay, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why you're doing it? Are you feeling empty inside? Is, uh, 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 are you not uh, satisfying yourself with, uh, 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 with life or, or, or purpose or goal? Mm-hmm. And so... Do I believe it's wrong? Well, um, I really believe that it's something that you need to figure out for yourself. Like mm-hmm. you need to really search inside and say, you know what, is this, this is what I always say with anything. Does it really honor God? Mm-hmm. And it comes down to asking yourself that question. Does it honor God? Mm-hmm. By me doing this, if Jesus was to stand right next to me and I'm doing it, will be he okay, would he be okay with that watching mm-hmm. me do it? And if the answer is like, well, I don't know if he wants me to, there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't, wouldn't approve. Okay, so that is where I'm at. Then in that case, then why are you doing it? Hmm. If you, if this is not going to bring glory to God, then why am I doing it? It goes with the drinking. If it's not going to bring glory to God, then why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. If I'm mistreating somebody, if it's not going to bring glory to God, why am I doing it? Yeah. If I'm working too much, if it doesn't bring glory to God, why am I doing it? Hmm. And so it's not so much about that. It's more about... Uh, you know, does it gonna is it gonna honor God? Yeah. And yeah, I have cases of where I talk to people, and my whole goal is not necessarily to just have the person stop without giving them an answer. It's more mm-hmm. okay. Why are you doing that? Yeah. And you'll be surprised that most people were exposed to pornography at a young uh-huh. age, and that triggers that. And because we were born with desires uh-huh. to be sexually fulfilled, and uh-huh. God gave us a sex drive, uh-huh. and sex is good. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, God told Adam and Eve uh, uh, to multiply. And in other words, you know, parentheses, have sex and do well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We come with that already uh, wired within ourselves to be sexually active. Uh And so as you grow up, you're learning all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. in this world. You're teaching your kids about obedience and and, and work and values and moral values and everything Mm -hmm. else. And so the kid that's exposed to sexual activities sooner or later is going to pick up on certain things. Yeah. And so masturbation usually comes from you watch someone or some somebody doing it or you were exposed to something and that usually triggers and open doors to everything else. And so now you all of a sudden uh, attract uh, other things. So in your closing, you would say that it's definitely up to an individual to find out why they're doing it and to work it out in that way. And mainly if (laughs) it's something that's not desiring God, it's not really healthy or good for you. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, And uh, yeah. So that (laughs) I I will say that, you know, um, make sure that you ask that question. Yeah. God, is this going to honor you? That was a really healthy response. And it's very mature. That's really good. I'm glad we were able to um, ask that. Another question is it being the colorful month that it's in. Homosexuality, church, those are very two different things. They're like yeah. water and oil. Like, Big time. How do, so obviously, gay people go to church all the time. Right. Uh-huh. How do you necessarily approach something like that? Is that something that you do approach or you just let them work it out itself? So I'm actually glad that you brought that up because um, for the past, the church has really heard a lot of communities. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the... the uh, the browns or the or, or whites or, or uh, blacks or mm-hmm. just all kinds of community and um you have people hurt because the church doesn't know how to handle certain things and so when we're not willing to walk with a person and get to know the person mm-hmm. we judge them based on their lifestyle okay we judge them based on their uh, uh maybe their difference of opinion or uh-huh. the way they carry themselves or doing things 
Now, I can tell you for sure that that is a topic that is very, very um, uh, hot, very uh, risky. But my point of view in that is always go back to the Bible. Okay. Always go back to the scripture that God created a man and a woman. And so when a person comes in here, we accept anyone in our church. Mm. And for us is. It's sad to see that other churches won't accept anybody Mm -hmm. and they're not willing to get to know the person. They judge the person by its book, by the cover, and they never get to know each other. No, I mean, that's very that's very known. And I think that, yes, it is good that you associate with a church that does do that. But as far as them obviously being gay, how do you as a pastor for someone that kind of leads the flock, you would say, how would you necessarily approach someone of that? Do you find it like? kind of like verbatim that you have to like find like talk to them one-on-one to do that or do you wait to them to heal it or if someone expresses to you what is something that you do like have you dealt with that before so what we what i do personally is that number one is i don't close the doors to the church okay um no matter what no matter what nothing they've been through no no matter what if somebody tells me hey you know what marco i did this i committed this i i done this or whatever um, unless it's something horrific that has to do with a kids or whatever, that's uh-huh. something else that, but that's maybe a different topic, but we welcome everybody. And what we do is not only do we present the gospel and we talk to the person based on what the scripture says, uh-huh. and then we walk with the person and lead them to the Lord so that they can start finding their identity in Christ. Okay. And that's, I think that's very important. I know that sometimes talking to someone like this, uh, most people don't like to engage in conversation. They want to just pick a fight. Okay. And they want, they don't even want to uh, conversate. That's the individual you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, individuals. Like, there's some people, but the reality is that God loves all of us uh-huh. and He created us. And so we have to go to Him for our identity. Okay. And so what I do is, if I find out that somebody's homosexual or gay, the first reaction is, well, thank God you're here. <laughs> I'm glad you're coming to church because the church is for broken because people. Because right? the church is for sinners, broken people, messed up people, people from different colors, races, ethnicity, whatever. And so the goal is to try to get someone to walk with the Lord and get to know what Jesus wants you to do. Have not, you been an experience with yes, someone that? Yes, and uh, multiple times. So the thing is, this is that I tell them is, look, let's make sure that you. Um, understand what the scripture has to say uh-huh. about that topic. Mm-hmm. And so we walk with them and teach them. And then at the end of the day, it becomes up to them. Mm-hmm. You can't force anyone to do something they don't want to do. Okay. You can't push the gospel or shove the gospel in somebody's face and throat. Like I've seen a lot of people holding signs and saying uh, people are going to hell because of this. And they don't even want to engage. What we do is we preach, we teach, and we show them the scriptures. And now it's up to you. So, yeah, we, we, we welcome everyone and mm-hmm. we lead them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's basically at the end of the day is, look, this is what the scripture says. Would you want to follow God? Mm-hmm. Because it's the person's choice to accept Christ and what he has to say about every single subject. So. That's good. That's good. Well, <laughs> thank you for answering that. Um, no, I'm going to take a, no problem. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with our fishbowl. Keep it locked. All right, we're back and we're just winding back. And Marco, man, now you did such a good job. But I had, I just want to share something. I just want to touch back on the subject of homosexuality in church because, like I said, it's kind of like like oil and water. Like I don't know, those are opposites, right? Yeah. So they are. Oh, uh, <laughs> with that, I I think it's really good that you're speaking to this because I think it's important for people to know that on that subject that and it being Pride Month that 
the church should never be a, a, a distance from that. You never should feel closed out. And you should never feel like you're not welcome because this is association when people want to help you. And if people love you, no matter what, who you are, because God made us as all, we're all perfect in his eyes, you know? And I think with that, and I'm not, I don't want that to be taken out of context. That's just how I'm expressing it. Yes, yeah. But what I want to say with that, that it's really unfortunate that when people are, instead of diving to God, which your example of what you said, all those voids you went through in your life from partying, drinking sex, doing all those things, and these people are not finding that sense of comfort, they dive in a culture that gives them comfort. And that culture is homosexuality, because I'm going to be very stern real quick and very forward. Let's just break this down. Homosexuality is a sexual preference. It's not a culture itself. But, and, and I apologize if I'm fitting one, but I'm just going to share my perspective. People dive into a culture where they feel acceptable and they feel that they can be loved. So they feel that they can just be very transparent now. When in actuality, the church has really shut them out in that way and make them feel like they're not welcome, make them feel they're not loved. And that's unfortunate, which is really sad because yeah. when you dive into this pitfall of that culture, there's so many things that come with pornography you have no actual no like actually no pornography because they yeah. bring porn stars there to nightclubs they bring like these like you go-go dancers and then um something else like you just have to learn who your sexual identity is early yeah. on you have to know if you're uh, a top bottom or verse you have and those are like sexual positions at a very young age to be compatible and you know and, and you know um sorry to cut you off on there but it's just because you're, you're touching that subject but i think that the uh, and being that it's Pride uh, Pride Month, and um, it's not just that subject. Like, we know what Jesus stands for. Mm -hmm. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He made that remark himself. He made that statement that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so there's a lifestyle for him. There's an identity for him. And so anybody that needs to come to, to the Lord uh, needs to pick up that cross and deny themselves to whatever uh, you go through. Like, like, who you are as a person needs to be submitted under the umbrella of the gospel. So I got to make that very clear. The problem with is that the church is very judgmental sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know coming from me, it's, it's a little bit uh, harsh to say at times, but it's very judgmental at times that sometimes it's a big turnoff how you approach people and you're so judgmental and condemning people Dang. of all sorts of races, colors. I mean, if you're a, a Democrat or, or, or Republican, you get so radical. I mean, if you're uh -huh. a certain color or race or, or this is Pride Month, then all of a sudden the church gets so scared about other people's ways of life that they don't know how to react. So they shun people away from the church mm -hmm. and they never get to Jesus. And we are living right now. I mean, a lot of people won't, don't want to go to church because there's so much hypocrisy within the church, especially from leaders and pastors. And trust me, I've seen that happen in my life. And so I want to make that uh, distinction that what you said is that we need to be a church that welcomes people, but we lead people to Jesus mm -hmm. and that we make it very clear. Look, Jesus stands for this. Follow him. Go after him. But we should never shut the doors away from someone that wants to know God. Do that, you think like, that people need to? One thing I like about your church and it's definitely the church that I attend is that there's a lot of church outside of church. And we do a yes. lot of activities. We definitely associate and we definitely are like welcome people as family and we do a lot of things together. And I think that's really important key because it's like these churches are in are these churches in a moment that you attend this building. But 
it's when you step out, it's when you lose yourself. And I think that's where your test to really figure out if you know God or if you really have a relationship with God is tested. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I really like to see it as a family. Mm. You know, I always make a joke with our church, uh, blood in, blood out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe because I was from the hood uh, a little bit. And so, you know, we are family. Mm. Uh, you know, I got your back. You got mine. Um, um, and so we make sure that we don't just have church at church that we are a church outside of the four walls and so that we are family yeah that's the thing that i want to project to people and tell people we're a family and so just because you're different doesn't mean that we're going to kick you out uh -huh. um and a, a family you're going to have struggles fights arguments people are going to be different but the common goal is okay what does jesus say and can we follow that and so i think that the church needs to do a better job at confronting talking or just debating or just showing somebody love and leading them to the lord and so, you know, you got to get away from that stuff and then uh, lead people to him. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you or me. It's about him. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, now we're going to come to our conclusion when we do a fishbowl question. So there's a couple questions. These are questions that people actually access. So if you want to go first, Marco, and uh, pick yes, a question and we bowl. can answer them. All righty. Here we go, guys. Question number one. All right. And so... Uh, it says, how would you define, how would you define God to the world and how do you define God to yourself? Well, how would I define God to the world is of a father to a child, hmm. that he is the father and that you can go to him. He loves you. He created you um, and um, that he's approachable, that you can talk to him, that you can rely on him. And that he's not just a mystic uh, being out there somewhere floating around, but that he's a real person through yeah. the form of Jesus. And that he's not scared of you. And that he's not afraid of the mess that you uh, maybe have gone through or are in. So I define God uh, to the world as a very, very caring and loving father to his children. Mm -hmm. And how I define God to myself, well, it's the same way, a father to a son. Um, he is my everything. Um, the way I see him, the way he is the definition of a father, a protector, someone who's going to take care of me and somebody who sent his only son to die on the cross for me. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think for me, um, I still struggle with calling because I believe in God and I accept God, obviously shared that. Um, but I still struggle with saying God is my father. Uh -huh. Me, not me kind of just being like you, not having a father figure in his life and, um, accepting that God it can be that father figure is still something I have been fully accepted. Not to be misconstrued with the thought of God being the existence of me praising him because obviously I do honor him like my right. my, my uh, God. But when it comes to like your opinion, your perspective on him coming in the place of your father, I personally still struggle with that because I still am upset like you about mm -hmm. not having a father or parents in general yeah. and me being 30. It's something that I'm still working on to just grow, to be a better person. Right. And how would I describe that to the world? It, well, would I answer the question, how I desire look at God will be more so of someone that I rely on <laughs> like during good times and bad times. You know, when I look around here, just like in life, just the trees and just, my the blessings that i have but even like the things that i go through i'm happy because i i really look at things that go wrong in my life 
I analyze them after they happen and I really try to learn from them. And I think that's a that's part good. of life. And I believe that is God too, because I feel like there's not God just in the good moments. Of course, I can say I'm thankful for my life, my friends, my family, food, money, you know, things like that. But I can also say that I'm, I believe that God is a lot of bad things. Not, I don't want to say bad things, but like things that are go wrong and not necessarily right. as planned. Yeah. And how I describe it to the world is just this being who created us. It's, I get this sense of happiness in my heart. It's and good. it's like kind of like a tingy feeling. And I just get so excited because I just come overwhelmed. And, and that's just how I would describe God to people. Like he's just that's good like that for me, you know, but knowing that there was something that created me and created us for a reason, you know, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, question number two, right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. Uh, what about the biggest challenge or relapse? Uh, so that might have no, my handwriting. Sorry. That, let, yeah. That's let me Rob's see. Let me handwriting. Read it um, I, re I rewrite the questions that you guys sent me. So it says, Oh, because she she sent it. What about? So it says, what are the biggest challenges or relapse without God? That's a really good question. Um, uh, with, uh, without God? Yeah. Um, it is uh, my fear of failure. Okay. Uh, and I I don't struggle with uh going back to drugs or um, um alcoholism or anything like that, but it's more of my doubt mm -hmm. in myself, the fear that I'm not good enough sometimes mm -hmm. uh, in everything, whether it be um, uh, being a, a good father, a good husband, a good son, uh, or a good pastor. And so I sometimes put myself down because I feel like I cannot do it. And so that keeps me sometimes, causes me to not trust God and walk away and I get in my mood. Um, most people that know me, I have a little bit of a, a anger uh, issues sometimes here and there. I try to master that, but it sets me back because I don't want to fail. And uh, I sometimes feel like I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And that causes me to kind of get away from God. And then all of a sudden I start acting up. I start being angry, upset. I don't want to talk to people. Uh, I don't want to be around people. And so that is, that's what I was telling you about uh, not being perfect. Sometimes when people think that, oh, Mark was a pastor. Oh, he got it all together. I don't. And so sometimes when I have this fear of failure is it pushes me away from God and I start doing things on my own. And sometimes it gets me a little bit depressed. Mm. And so. So you as a pastor get depressed? What? Uh, fortunately, <laughs> yes, there's a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, you sometimes get caught up in the in the pressure to perform. Mm. And you got to remind yourself that it's not about that. Yeah. But, you know, uh, that comes down to me not trusting in God. And so I have this fear of failure. So then, you know, that sets me back in. So I relapse on that. I think for me, um, when I first found God, I made a dedication promise. And that was to never drink again. I have never drunk a drink five years until I went to Hawaii and I was on vacation. Yeah, what is that all about? Rob? Yeah, and yeah. I'll just be very transparent. I, Thank I, you. This I, is transparency. It, with it is transparency. Smith, right? And I, I yes. actually picked up a drink again, knowing that I made a promise to God. Cause I felt the comfort of being in Hawaii and something I struggle with. And I'm being very real. I have not stopped since I've been since Hawaii of last year. So it's been one year anniversary. So that's something that I am just very transparent that I have fallen, you know, and it's very real. And it's not that I have a problem. I don't, it's not the thought of drinking as a problem. It's the thought of making a promise and go and like reneging on that promise, you right. know? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. And I, I, a part of me, 
I don't necessarily feel bad for it because I come to this term of like finding comfort of before that I used to think certain things were such a big deal. Drugs, obviously, I'm never going to associate with people who have drugs like that. That's a very big deal. And we just had a conversation with one of my friends on one of the podcasts. And so that was very, I'm in this place where I have to learn to not leave the room with certain people, things that I don't like. And so with that, I have found personally comfort in drinking socially. And I admit that I didn't imagine this idea of socially was only supposed to be a certain thing, but I kind of go a little too far. Not like outrageous, but I get drunk. And that wasn't, and I know like the rights around living as a Christian, like how far that can go. But that's something that I still struggle with. And I find comfort in doing that. So that's something that I'm struggling with. And that just goes that, um, something that I have relapsed on. <laughs> and that just goes that in my area of like seeking God, that's something I need to figure that out. So I did want to share and just be very Which honest. Which I think you'll figure it out. You know, yeah. I mean, like everybody goes through something in life and yeah. um, you just got to admit it to yourself and know what God wants for you and get back up on your feet and yeah. um, redo and do it again. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I, it's good. Um, you guys, uh, we got to pray for Robert. <laughs> he likes to drink. Thank you. And and again, this isn't to anyone saying that you can't drink. I'm not doing that. This is just something that I wanted to share how serious I thought about that when it came to that. Got right. it. And we have you one more question. One more? Yeah, Go I can for go for first. And let's see what our last question is. It says, is there um is there ever a time where you get upset with God and just give up? Um, yeah, every other week. <laughs> every other week, right? No, I'm like every hour. Like, you bro, know, I can't do this anymore. I mean, I'm going to be honest. And yes, it does happen sometimes because I'm not a perfectionist, but I like to do things right at times. And so I usually get to the point where uh, if, if it doesn't happen, I get upset. Mm-hmm. And um, I thank God that I have a wife who uh, checks me on that too as well. And I surround myself with people that don't just pat me on the back, but correct me as mm-hmm. well. And so there's some times where, um, again, it's that whole, uh, God, where are you? I thought you were going to do this. Uh, you promised this, and then you don't get to see it. And I have to keep reminding myself that God doesn't operate in this time. God is without time. And mm-hmm. one day is a thousand. One day is like a thousand years for him, and a thousand like one day. And so he operates outside of time. And so when it happens, uh, it was supposed to happen in that time. And so, uh, but because I'm a human, uh, my eyes are fixated on what I'm seeing right now. And when I don't see certain things happening, mm-hmm. I really get upset. I start doubting God. Mm-hmm. And so I've gotten better at it. But uh, sometimes, you know, you lose your hope a little bit. Yeah. And um, that happens. I think for me, like I know I was joking, but sometimes it's like a battle every day. Choosing a life to be a Christian is one of the most hardest things I think anyone can take up on because you yes, have to sir. follow. Yeah, you have to follow this life of norms and mm-hmm. rules and this structure. And sometimes I just don't feel like it. I just get tired. I just get, and I know that's really like a very bad reply, but it's just sometimes I, I find my skip tired and I, and I, and that makes me come to this thought like, bro, what are you tired from? Like, where are you at? You know, why you have to think why you're doing this. And I say that yeah. because it's like, um, like I, I've changed jobs a couple times <laughs> and I always encounter a different group of friends. And with that, I can say that it happens more often than average people as far as encountering new people. So with that, um, I'm saying that um, sometimes it's hard to kind of be sustainable uh, with carrying your cross daily, yeah. as yeah. we Christians would say. And um, 
it's tough, man. And so it, it is like sometimes like I, I'm like, man, this is a really struggle. And I, I sometimes like I can't do this. I've been to you, Marco, how many times where I've cried yeah, over a thousand. And I okay, chill, bro. <laughs> I was like, I've cried to you and I was like, bro, I can't do this. I think the, we had a very serious conversation about a couple weeks ago. I think it was a month ago. It's about a month and a half. And I, I was the, I was very blunt to you. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I was like, I can't do this. I don't I don't want it. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like this yes. Christian life. I told you. In confiance, I was like, bro, I can't do this anymore. I am tired. And um, one thing I really, oh, God. <laughs> one thing, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm getting emotional. One thing I really appreciate you is that um, when I share that with you, you know, you were just very honest and just comforting in a way that reassured me that um, I think it's the relationship with God that I have to mentor on. And I do apologize. I don't remember key things, but I remember something you had just mentioned that, um, in, like it's in God's time and of how things work. And sometimes I'm just so impatient, the human side of me. Mm-hmm. And I just want it then right there, yeah. just like you. And um, you had just kind of like reminded me of that. And I believe that was something that really resonated with me. And this thought of me wanting things at my own pace when sometimes when you when God has chosen you to live this life, he has this path for you that you can never imagine. So, yeah, that's yeah, true. So that's good. Yes. So um, I just want to add one more thing um, is that you cannot do it on your own. Okay. Um, This Christian walk was not meant for us to walk by ourselves in our own strength. That's the reason why he came. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why Jesus came. Mm -hmm. If you try to to attempt to live this life away from him, you're not going to be able to do it and you're going to constantly fail. We are. The Bible says that we are strong when we are weak. And so in your weakest moments, you got to acknowledge that you're weak and recognize that uh, you need a savior. You need somebody to help you out. And so my source of strength uh, to keep going on is that I have to rely on him, not on my own strength. Mm-hmm. It's almost like get away, you know, is it in you or uh, just anything else is is Christ in you. And when he's in you, then life becomes better. If we do life away from Jesus, it's going to become a chore. It's going to become religious activities. But when you do life from the point of love and being loved by God, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden that becomes enjoyable. Life becomes a little bit better because he will take all those burdens. And Mm -hmm. so never try to attempt to do Christianity or do life as a sense of rules and regulations. Do it from the point of he loves you. And because he loves you, he's going to be there for you. And when he's there for you, when you feel weak and you can't go on, he's going to have your back. Mm. Jesus is the biggest G and he's the biggest thug. <laughs> I mean, he is right there. He will never leave a friend behind. If you're getting jumped, he's going to jump with you. Jesus. I'm just saying. Drop you know the mic. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Marco, I do appreciate you coming on our podcast for being li- being very transparent with us. Thank you. So we do appreciate that. Do you have any additional closing remarks? No, I just want to say thank you guys for having me here. I really love the setup. I really love what you guys are doing. I really believe that God is going to do something through this podcast and impact more lives for a good way, positive way, and uh, lead others to the Lord as well. But I just want to say, you know, that uh, I am grateful to you guys having here, uh, having me here, and thank you so much. And awesome. Um, let's let's continue doing this. <laughs> and Marco is at the Secret Place on Instagram, and at you. What is your? Um, yeah, Instagram? my uh, Instagram is Marco M A R C O underscore Wape H U A P E. Awesome. At Instagram. Thank you so much, Marco. And in closing remarks, guys, desiring God. God is wonderful. I personally am a big fan of God. As a Christian, I was very vulnerable of my Amen. of my things that I was going through and just being very transparent that we're not perfect. And this identity of perfection is ludicrous. And you've seen us speaking to someone that on a pedestal that leads people. 
um when designing god it comes with many things you know you definitely got to go at your own pace but really have a personal connection with them and that's what i'm taking from this topic so thank you guys so much stay tuned for next week we have exciting 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 topic to go over so i'm really excited you guys thank you so much keep it like for next week